Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our Seat Yourself podcast. I'm Dave Turner, and I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. Seat Yourself is our weekly podcast that covers news and items of interest and all the other associated things you can imagine, all with relevancy to the food service and hospitality industry. By the way, this is episode number 110 of Seat Yourself and is published the week of March 15th. And I want to start off by saying thank you to those of you who sent such nice comments on last week's episode on simple tips for staying positive as we begin to come out of this pandemic. The recovery, as we all know, will not be easy and it won't be straightforward, but it certainly will be welcome. So in all the excitement of the approaching recovery, try to remember to stay positive, especially when things don't go forward in a very linear, straightforward fashion. Now, in today's episode, we want to welcome back to Seat Yourself our old friend, Greg Kirish. Greg, as many of you know, is one of our co-hosts, along with Jay Alley, of course, on our other podcast called Every Other Thursday. You can find Every Other Thursday at everyotherthursdaypodcast.com. And as you may be aware, for those of you that have listened to that podcast, there's quite a different vibe over there for that podcast versus Seat Yourself. So I thought I'd have Greg come on and offer up some of his views on those differences in the, the two podcasts that we put out. And then we'll also get Greg's thoughts on the state of our industry and its recovery. And along with that, we'll find out where Mr. Greg plans to head out when he goes on the road as this pandemic and its travel restrictions begin to ease a little bit. So now with all that, let's get this week's episode of our Seat Yourself podcast. Let's get it started. And everybody, I want to welcome Greg Kirish. Greg, to Seat Yourself. Greg is normally uh, our host on our other podcast every other Thursday. Greg, uh, welcome back. You've been here before. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. I, I know a lot of our listeners on Seat Yourself, they are familiar with you, but we've got new listeners coming on board all the time. So I wanted to give, if you can, give everybody just a, a little bit, a wee bit of, since we're coming up on St. Patrick's Day, a wee bit of your background and where, where you've been and uh, how you got to this point in your life. Well, I've probably done enough things in food, beverage, and uh, food service just to make myself very dangerous. You are dangerous. I worked at places like Sara Lee and Kraft and the National Restaurant Association and in equipment manufacturing and in consulting with Technomic. I've done classic brand management. I've, I've been based for a long time in Singapore and London, working again in the food, beverage, and food service businesses. And uh, so I've touched a lot of things, and I and again I know probably enough about a lot of stuff to make myself dangerous. But I'm very interested and in always trying to help other people that are that are looking at all these different things. Yeah, that's one of the great things about for those people who might be listening right now to see yourself and haven't checked out our our other podcast every other Thursday. That's one of the really cool things that you bring to that podcast. I think is is just a wide variety, a lot of texture in in a lot of different areas. You've had your hands in a lot of different pies, kind of thing, and within the all within really the food service business, and I don't know if all, but a lot of it anyway. Most of it, yeah. 
Yeah, and you've been on a lot of fronts, so that's really cool because uh, it really adds a lot, uh, a real depth and breadth, actually, to the uh, Every Other Thursday podcast. But again, why don't you just take uh, people, if you can, a little bit through what you see as the differences or maybe what Every Other Thursday is in your eyes. I know uh, we've got Jay Alley, who's also a host over there, and we all, all three of us, we have different viewpoints on it, but since you're a worldly guy, what is your view of the Every Other Thursday podcast? And uh, just, if you had to describe it to people, how would you describe that? Well, we, we started out about a year and a half ago, uh, very much focused on tabletop. I mean, we were we were just narrow, we were narrow and targeted, and that's all good. Uh, and we had a lot a lot of fun with that. But then the, the pandemic came across, and what happened was is that our focus started broadening because we detected that uh, obviously operators were starting to get slammed with new challenges. So we started looking more broadly at, at subjects that may not seem directly related at, on the surface, but we think could help people with nuggets of information and, 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 and inspiration and, quite frankly, inter- entertainment. So, for example, we recently interviewed a, a guy that manages and develops safaris to East Africa. Now, on the surface, you can go, now, what has that got to do with food service? But when you start talking a little bit about how food service intertwines with what he's doing and how, how important it is and how you can serve people and, and provide hospitality in the savannas of East Africa or the jungles or climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, I think that there's things in there that are helpful. So to answer your question, we're broadening a lot. But the focus, way down, if you drill way down deep, is still tabletop. Yeah, and I, and, and I think that what I liked about, stay on the uh, Greg Traverso uh, and his transformational journeys, as he called them. I thought that was really interesting. And I think that one of the things that I my takeaway from that particular conversation with Greg, who's, I would invite everybody to go listen to that because it's really kind of interesting. What a good guy, first of all, he is. But also, he came at it from a, an approach of, connecting people and transforming their lives. And and I think food service really aids in that process of connection uh, with people, whether you're an American who's flown over to Africa and you're, you're going around and seeing things that you've never seen in your life and may never see again. But the people, he, when, when Greg, talked about the connection in the the transforming of not only the guests that he had on the journey, but also the people, the guides that he used in, in, the, in the connection between the, the guests and the guides uh, that he used on a regular basis there and what it meant beyond, way beyond economics. I think if you, if you open your mind up a little bit and understand that food service isn't really about sustenance, it's really about something much bigger and much more important and in in connecting. And I think we've tried to do that on every other Thursday, but coming at it from a variety of uh, angles, I, I think it's really true. And so uh, great food and beverage helps connect us all together, I think. It's the common link for everybody. Yeah, I, th- I sometimes have a feeling that with all the, the disruption in the world and all the chaos and the conflicts and everything, if we could all just sit down and have a meal together, be all, everything would work out a lot better. For my travels, I've been lucky to see a lot of ancient cities around the world and, you know, and see how people lived in, 
in the past. And basically, people are people, and they've been the same all through history. They all like the same or seek the same things. They want security. They want socialization. You know, I, I guess it sounds rather maybe highfalutin, but they want hospitality. Sure. So people are people. And so that's what we're trying to provide insights for on every other Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, where was it? I saw the headline and some imagery where they dug up a outdoor cafe in Pompeii yeah. uh, recently, and I'm like, wow, they were they were connecting, uh, you know, way back uh, in those days, and and it continues today. And I think nothing bonds people together like great food and beverage and good times. So yeah, it's a, and I think that's been that's been one of the big during the pandemic. I think that's been one of globally one of the big challenges for people to deal with is not being having that connection thing now. And you see people, I wouldn't say desperate, but you see people now really anxious to get out and, and, and hook up with other people. Nancy Cruz, great guest we had on every other Thursday, fabulous consultant for the food service business. She said, research studies showed recently that two things people want to do is when the pandemic's over is to hug somebody close to them and go out for to a restaurant for a meal. Top two things. So... Really. Speaking of guests that we've had on every other Thursday, Greg, anyone stand out as a particular favorite for you? I, I know that you'd probably predict me to say this, but they were all great in the, in their own way. They all provided something, and and uh, from from a bunch of different from a different angles, going way back in our in our history, back to the fall in September, Madeline Trafon with uh, Plum yeah. Markets. It was awesome. Just, just awesome. And, you know, talking about the really broad picture that we're addressing here about hospitality and food service, but then also drilling way down to how she selected wine glasses for her operations. See, the thing I remember about our conversation with Madeline was, I don't know if she was the first, but she was one of the first, if, if not the first master sommelier, female master sommelier here in this country. And so she she's way over the top in terms of her wine knowledge and everything, but she was completely comfortable talking about wine in a can. Mm-hmm. And I, and I and I find that 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 ability to sort of pivot and yeah, I can talk to you about the ultra 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 pinnacle of wine and the and the very top end wines, but I can also talk to you about selling wine out of a can and enjoying it at a picnic or wherever it is. And I'm equally comfortable in both of those. And I think that takes a special personality to be able to do that. And that's Madeline Trafon. She's very comfortable and, and can talk in layman's terms and doesn't always talk with her nose in the air about wine and how snooty it is and all that. And I think that's really important. I, 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 I just enjoy her. Well, and, uh, so similarly, and again, last fall, we talked to Rainer uh, Zengreva, who was yep. at one time the head of culinary for all of Marriott's luxury brands. Yeah. If, I, if, I got, if I got that yeah. correct. No, you do. You do. And, yeah. and, and so here's a guy that, you know, is at the worldwide is at the pinnacle of the culinary world. And yet he can talk all the way down. And, you know, and, he's, and I, I loved his definition of fine dining so that you could have I'm just going to throw throw these out as as examples from me, a taco shop or a hamburger stand or a bubble tea shop. But as long as the ingredients are excellent and it's executed well, in his mind, fine dining. Here's a guy who was in charge of all Ritz Carlton, St. Regis, and and so on and so forth, the very top end of hospitality dining, sure. 
there's these shifts going on, and there's a lot of information out there about how operators or soon-to-be operators can adjust and, and hit those targets. You know, there's one common thread, I think, or there's probably a bunch of common threads, but one common thread that sticks out in my mind about all the guests that we've had on every other Thursday is the passion that they all bring to their particular piece of the pie, if you want to call it that. I think of Eileen Garcia. I, I couldn't think of anybody who's more passionate about serving other people than she was. And she, in our conversation with, with her and her restaurants in Chicago, she really epitomized that drive to make others comfortable and to serve them and, to, and what hospitality is all about. And I, and I think that stuff, the passion that comes with, and, and you go back all the way to Bob Golden and his passion mm-hmm. for research and, and his ability to articulate trends and everything that all the, I mean, those people, it's amazing. Some of the stuff that they, that, that we've learned from our guests on every other Thursday. Maybe at a more intellectual approach, you have uh, Larry Deutsch, who comes in and talks about branding and kind of these strate- strategic marketing, and yeah. and how, and and these and the I guess the point about a lot of this is that it's not like going out. Oh, and wait a second! A- wait a second! When you talk about the cerebral and the intellectual part, what about Philip Preston? Oh uh, gosh, yes, he you know it was just a, a, oh, a science. In, in, innovation oh. leader oh. In, in the in the field. Yeah, polyscience. If you look at polyscience, you'll see that they have all the cutting edge uh, equipment back of back of house. But I, I love Larry Deutsch's two words: be bold. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. A lot of good stuff from all these people. David Kramer. Talk about passion. Looking looking for the next generation, training the next generation of food service leaders. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and 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 that's really cool because it. Uh, when I think back, and we're going to have some great guests on. Uh, I know you're working on a couple of things right now with some people uh, right now. That's going to be great. But when I look back at the at uh, all the different guests that we've had, what a diverse group, first of all. But what a passionate group. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's wonderful to find people that really like their work and are are, are are devoted to it. And you can tell it's from the heart with all these people. It's something that can't be really, you can't fake it. So I suggest that people go back and listen to these, uh, to these episodes and think broadly because in that most of them aren't going to tell you, okay, what piece of uh, dinner, where to buy or how to do something exactly down to the, down to the minute detail. But what they are providing is, is a, a roadmap and with milestones and, and different suggestions along, along the way. And uh, I think that will really help anybody who has a food service operation or that is thinking about doing it, which really goes, you know, is a great segue to looking ahead that all the things that we see going on is that there is a dam ready to burst and people are, calling, are already calling it the roaring 20s coming ahead where people want to go, into, go out to eat. They want food service. Now, we don't know exactly how that's going to look, but there is a lot of pent-up, pent-up demand and a lot of people have fallen by the wayside in terms of operations. So there's, there's a lot of opportunities out there. 
Absolutely, there is, and I, and I think we're on the precipice of uh, some really great stuff here. I want to take a break right now, Greg, and everybody, we're here with Greg Kirish. Greg is our, one of our co-hosts on our other podcast, Every Other Thursday, and we've been talking about some of the guests that we have, have had recently uh, on Every Other Thursday and some common threads that have run through them. Uh, when we come back, Greg, I want to talk about your thoughts on the state of the food service and hospitality world and the trade show world. So everybody, we're here with Greg Kirish. We'll be right back. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food for nearly a hundred years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign up. And a great way to stay on top of all the important going-ons in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. And everybody, we're back here with Greg Kirish. Greg, as you know, is our one of our co-hosts along with Jay Alley for our other podcast called Every Other Thursday. And oddly enough, Every Other Thursday airs every other week. And it airs on Thursday. And it can be found at everyotherthursdaypodcast.com. Nice self, uh, shameless plug right there. That's good. <laughs> so it's very different than the Seat Yourself. For you Seat Yourself listeners, I, I like to think of it as very, very different. One of the things you said in the first segment, Greg, I, I really, it's interesting because the pandemic caused this entire industry, this food service and hospitality industry, caused it all to pivot everybody in their own way. And we did the same thing on every other Thursday and we became very guest centric and that's great. And sometimes we have, you know, just the three of us co-hosts on there and that's good too. But some of the guests we've had have just been amazing and, and they're very disparate individuals, all sharing a passion for their niche in the food service and hospitality trade. I wanted to talk a little bit more in the segment, Greg, about the industry overall. Where do you think we are now and where do you see the state of food service and hospitality in terms of a recovery? Well, you know, the pendulum is always swinging, and the economic pendulum is always swinging, and then you have the issues of momentum and inertia. And so what does that, that all mean? You know, it, it, with, I don't need to say that the food service business has been slammed. There's been lots of closings, and that will probably continue, but it's leveling off a lot. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have the massive closings that you had earlier, but it's still we're still going downward, and I see – sometime in the near future that stopping and leveling off and then we're going to start seeing the gradual increase in in operations and then the massive growth as everyone jumps in to try to fill the void the pent-up demand that's been out there so when is this all going to happen i mean i wish i had a crystal ball but i think definitely by summer, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bottom up the way things are going with the vaccines and. You see, you see uh, the people on the beaches in Florida, the spring breakers. You see uh, Texas opening up. You see pockets of areas open up. I know here in Maryland, as of this past Friday, they have said 100 percent 
seating in restaurants, except for, <laughs> there's one caveat, you still have to social distance. So you can use 100% of your seats, but they have to be six feet apart. So that limits how many seats you can have. But but I, I think we're all headed in the right direction. I think some of that is certainly vaccine driven. But on the other hand, I think a lot of it is just simply demand. I think people just in general are saying, you know what? We want to connect with uh, people that we love and care about. We want to go out for a drink. We want to go out for a meal. And yeah. And it really points to how important the food service and hospitality trade is just to the fabric of society, I think. But uh, And un- unfortunately, there's probably going to be bumps in the road as we as we go ahead. Yeah, with, no, uh, yeah. Where, you know, where, where uh, governments have opened everything up. So there's probably going to be pockets of spikes and then there's going to be reintroduction of limits, but I think generally speaking, from everything I read and see that we're we're heading in the right direction. So it's a great time for people, if they want to do it the right way, for operators to get into the business. We know rents are low, there's lots of open space, there's lots of pent-up demand. It encapsulates the food service business in general, why is it that it, that it has one of the highest failure rates of, uh, of any industry? It's because people jump in not being fully prepared and knowing what they're doing. So we, we really encourage and we, we hope that we're providing information that will help people that, in, that are already in the industry, but people that are thinking about getting into it, starting operations, in providing you know ideas and, and and information and resources that they can make the right decisions going forward. You're talking about, of course, the guests in the show that we have, the other podcast every other sure. Thursday. First of all, they're all experts. Those people, the guests that we've had on, I believe, and and they're all really. Um, in their own way, and their own particular expert level of expertise, you mentioned earlier on uh, Madeleine Trafon, and there's somebody who, can, who who understands the world of wines, but you know she's she's been a master sommelier or is a master sommelier, but has been in, in the restaurant side, and now she's on the grocery store side, and she has a a level of practical approach uh, to that category, like even Philip Preston, who's one of the more intellectual people. I always kept saying when we had him on, I was just blown away. I mean, I almost didn't know what questions to ask him because it's kind of like so cerebral. But but he also has a very practical component to him, too, in in terms of this is what operators need to run their business, to be successful. And and I, I think that as we recover from this pandemic, I think some of those very important concepts, but also the very practical nature of, yes, back of the house, we need to be innovative and creative, but we still need to serve people. And it's still that that tactile guest dining experience that really means so much. So I think, you know, people are always asking me, well, what does it take to succeed in food service? <laughs> Good luck with that. And yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. But I think that defining it is tough. One of the the key thing going in is you have to have a hospitable uh, nature. A- after that, if you don't have that, there's no reason to really go into the business because you're going to fail. But if you have that, then you you put together all the all the details, and it gets complicated from there. But that's the springboard. Yeah, I would say that. I would say if you have that that uh, hospitality DNA component, right. then you have a chance. Right. 
then you have a chance. Doesn't mean you're going to be guaranteed success. A lot of friendly people out there who just who just crash and burn in the in the food service business. But but then you have a chance if you can put all the business side of it together too. So let's talk a little bit about a component that has been hammered to the the trade show component. Let's talk a little bit about that. Trade shows all over the world have now at be- the best shot they have right now is to go digital and, and a lot are, but there isn't any of that meet and greet anymore, walking the aisles, uh, at least currently uh, they haven't been. What do you think the future of trade shows is going to be uh, as we go forward and within our industry? Well, I mean, our industry is different than 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 others, and 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 I have a little bit of a perspective because I was with the National Restaurant Association and their show for, I guess, almost eight years. I was vice president of sales and marketing, so I I had to I had to sell the concept to both exhibitors and attendees. And the thing that's different, I think, that with with our trade show, with when I say our, I mean the NRA show, was that I could tell you all day long why my mustard is better than your mustard or anyone else's mustard. But the way you tell is you got to go around it and actually taste it. And that's the thing that, that, that the NRA show, for example, brought, brought to the party. It's really, you know, in, in your face, liter- literally. And uh, so it's, that might be different than a lot of other t- industries where you're just dealing with, uh, with concepts that can be conveyed easily over the telephone or over over video or what have you. So so I think that food-centric shows are here to stay. Will they be different? Yes, I'm not exactly sure and how they're going to be different, but I, you got to be able to taste the mustard if you can, if you want to use my analogy, if you want to use my analogy. Taste the mustard. Yeah. Well, but what I like, what I like about the trade shows, and I think that they're always going to have viability in our industry, is when you get the mustard and you find the mustard you like, then you need to be able to get it. You need to be able to purchase it. And, and that speaks to the distribution of that mustard. Mm-hmm. And it, whether it's mustard or is a dinner plate, how do I get that in my restaurant? And one of the important things I've always felt at a trade show and, and I see so many exhibitors missing the opportunity. And that's where you have key decision makers in the exhibitors making themselves available to an operator, somebody from the coast of Maine who's got a little lobster shack and is looking for a certain, you know, looking to improve their butter, for instance. How do and they find the right butter? How do I get it to my restaurant up in Maine? And, oh, you know, the distribution patterns and all that. But you can generally find people at the NRA show in any of those booths who are the important key decision makers, whether it's a CEO or uh, vice president of sales and marketing or something like that. Somebody who can or somebody can really uh, on the ground, you can meet back out in your own market, too. Those people are just as critical. Yeah, it's great. I met with the senior VP of sales and marketing, but I also met with the regional sales manager who's going to cover my area of Maine, and he's going to come by to my, my restaurant, and we're going to work it all out kind of thing. And I think both of those things are, are, are important functions for exhibitors at shows, and you can't convey that relationship or have that conversation digitally. It's kind of kind of cumbersome and awkward to do it digitally. You can, I guess, but it's not the same as pressing the flesh at, at the NRA show in May in Chicago. Agreed. All the decision makers and all the buyers and everybody in one place. How how much more efficient can that be? 
Yeah, and 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 again, I'm not to pick on exhibitors, but but I think a lot of times exhibitors, as I said earlier, don't take advantage of those opportunities to talk directly to operators. Well, I can tell you war story after war story where they where they just don't. You know, they saw the the shows as a necessary evil, and they you know and they you know everybody they drug people you know begrudgingly there. And they just didn't. They paid a lot of money, and they didn't take advantage of it. Didn't plan properly, and it was a wasted, a wasted, a wasted opportunity. And I have no access to grind now. I'm not in. I'm not in the industry per, in that industry per se anymore. But uh, I just think it's a it's a great opportunity that's often that's often missed. And what's going to happen? And looking forward, there's there's all this pent up demand. People are going to be looking for answers. They're going to be looking for products and services and i think it's a a great place to be but you know it's just like it's just like the food service business in general there's going to be a lot of um shifting and you know the cream coming to the service so who's going to be left out there that that have that survived as show operators i'm talking about yeah and and i think when it comes to trade shows i think certainly we all hope that you know, they will return and be robust and all that. But I actually think they will be too for the same reasons that restaurants will be. And that is that that human desire to connect, uh, whether it's connecting with friends and family uh, over a great meal in a great restaurant or going to a trade show and connecting with uh, vendors and operators connecting with one another. I think that that, that kind of connection is really, really hard to replicate digitally. And so I'm really optimistic about trade shows. However, that said, trade shows need to be, they need to understand that they, it cannot just simply be a real estate sale. They need to offer great value. One of the bitches, and I've been an exhibitor, one of the bitches I hear all the time from exhibitors is, I have to be there and how come it costs so bloody much? And gee, how can I reduce my expenses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think the, unfortunately, trade shows just with none in particular in mind, but they just generally have become this, oh my God, I've got to write another big check for this trade show and how can I reduce this and whatever. And I think trade show management of all, and and we work with a variety of trade shows around the world in some, some of the best trade shows actually, but trade shows have to understand that it's a it's, it is a big expense for exhibitors particularly entry you know those, those really creative innovative people uh, who are doing cool stuff and, and you know maybe have the smaller booths but it's really a big expense for them relative to sales for those type of people and then you have the eco labs that that put out these you know small apartment buildings for an exhibit space and it's a big expense for them too but I, th I think that trade show management needs to be thinking about how can I give the best value back to these exhibitors and how can I make it easy for attendees to get to our show and entice them. And, and I think while there's a, a business aspect to it, there also has to be an entertainment aspect to it because we all want to have fun. Make it frictionless, just like you would if you were trying to sell uh, a dinner plate or a glassware product. Make it frictionless for people to a exhibit and b attend your trade show, and then make you know make sure that they when they leave that show, they feel like they got their value out of that attending. Yeah, 
And drilling, drilling down to our audience here, jumping on my earlier analogy about the mustard, is that you can put pictures of your dinnerware or your, and all your other tabletop products online. But as we all know, that if it's so important for somebody actually to pick it up, touch it, feel its weight, how it feels in your hand, and you just can't do that over a Zoom call. And that's why you can never replicate totally a trade show. You know, it's funny, funny you say that, and, and it's a little bit different, but I just received a catalog in the mail. And I love it when I when somebody sends me a hard catalog. And and I'll I'll give a plug for the company. It was APS out of Germany. Great, great buffet wear and tabletop, and they've got barware stuff. They really do a great job in Europe. And Libby has uh, has uh, brings them in, into the U.S. But when I get a catalog from a company like APS or, or other people who've sent them, I always make a special effort, A, to spend some time on the catalog and look at it, and B, to give them some love online. Because I think that when you, just like going to a trade show, um, when you do, when you invest that kind of money, yeah, I can, I can look at APS's product on a PDF on, online, but it's not the same as flipping through their catalog. And it, it just gives me a different vibe about the company. And I know that, that, uh, catalogs are expensive. Again, I, I I've had them printed. I, I've been, been that guy going, Oh my God, we got to print another catalog and the cost of all, but, but it, it's such a tactile experience. You, you just get a different feel for the company. And then if it's just a digital catalog, just like you just said, uh, going to a trade show, you know, digitally is one thing to see it on a Zoom call or whatever, but go there and see the product live to pick the plate up, touch the glass. That's really important. Quick question, talking about all this tabletop stuff. What's uh, your vision, Greg, on tabletop and uh, where does hospitality tabletop go from here as we recover? Well, it's kind of counterintuitive because here we've been so separated for the last for the last year, but I think there's going to be this continued move to sharing. So there's going to be uh, like small plates that can be passed around, and there's going to be more communal center of the table type type serving ware, for lack of a better term, casserole kind of things or ram large ramekins and racks. It all comes back. We we were talking a year and a half ago about what what what's driving tabletop and the change of of the guest. And I don't think things have cha- have changed. There's just been a hiatus. So looking forward, the guests are are more fickle. They're uh, more sophisticated. Absolutely. They want to be, they want to take part in the meal prep, and by that I mean they want to be able to dip and they want to be able to roll uh, or whatever it takes to make the food that they put in their mouths. And so dinnerware and tabletop items that help that process are going to win. And theatrics. Hey, look at look at me. This is fun. What's going on at that table? I want I want I want some of that. And there's fascinating things out yeah, I think there it's that entertainment component, that engagement, and that authenticity. You can't fake it. Uh, I mean, you guess you can, but it's better when you don't, obviously. If it's appropriate and, and it works for your menu concept or your restaurant concept, yeah, I, I love that one, uh, that engagement, dipping and, and you know, carving at the table and all that. 
Dave, I'm going to I'm going to call one specific operation out that I've seen and I've shared yeah. with you. I know yep. some videos, but there's a place I believe it's in Brooklyn and it's called A Zatar A U Z A T A A R and it kind of epitomizes all the things I've been talking about where what they're doing is they have if you know about these vertical shawarma ovens, they miniaturize it and puts one on every on every table. And then it's about Middle Eastern food, which is shared anyway, and so small plates. And I urge people just to take a look at that. Uh, not that everybody's going to run out and buy these kind of ovens, but it's, it really addresses what I've been talking about, how uh, about the theatrics of it, about the fun, all this, all this meal prep is taking place at the, on the tabletop. And ultimately, it produces food that really tastes good. So, yeah, and it yeah. really gives you a chance to differentiate your restaurant from everybody else up and down the street, too. Mm-hmm. Greg, uh, I want to finish up with your travels. You are a curious guy, and you're always looking for new adventures. Uh, you've got some new adventures lined up as we start to reopen and travel, whatever. What can you tell our listeners about the adventures and more stories to come from Greg Kirish? Well, in late April, I have a, have a trip planned to Austin, Texas. I want to see what's going on down there. I've had my Johnson & Johnson shot, and Texas has opened up, and so I'm th- thinking things are safe. We'll see. As of right now, it's, it's, a, it's a go. And then in May, I'm planning a, a one-week trip through much of Arizona, starting in Sedona down to uh, Tucson with stops in Scottsdale and Phoenix to see what's going on out there. I think that these areas are really kind of bellwether examples of what's going on in the industry in general and concepts that have survived and maybe concepts that are going to do well, at least in as we come out of this pandemic. Stay tuned. And if you have any ideas or questions or Things that you'd like us to address, let me let me let me know. Just reach out. We'll 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 look for them and and talk about them on future podcasts. I think Texas is has always been an interesting place, and, it, and Texas is changing too. And just as Arizona is, uh, you know, a lot of people moving around to warmer climates. People from the north moving to uh, tax advantaged states and uh, that kind of thing. But uh, but I also think the food service business and hospitality business and those and those two markets that you're talking about are going to be very interesting. So we'll look forward to uh, hearing about your travels. Then uh, and not just from warmer states, but from uh, other warm states. Got a lot of people from California. California, yeah, that's piling, true. It, piling into Texas and Arizona, and try, everybody's trying to find the the right the right place. We'll see. I hope that there's not a spike in infections as things open up. So we'll see how it goes. We didn't talk about it, but the European market is, is seems to be uh, going backwards a little bit right now, some of the countries there. But but I, I'm hopeful that, that that's all going to get squared away, too, so we'll have more of a global uh, recovery and uh, timely. But certainly here in the U.S., I think everybody's ready. I think everybody's teed up and wants it to succeed, and hopefully that, that bodes good things for our, our industry, uh, both on the food service and hospitality side, but also the travel and tourism side as well. So uh, if everybody, if anybody out there is interested in learning more about the travels with Greg and some of his thoughts, Greg has some really, if you go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes, Greg has some incredible creative and interesting ideas on tabletop and, and how small things matter sometimes. Everything from bone marrow spoons to uh, growlers at the table. 
So uh, that's at everyotherthursdaypodcast.com. And uh, Greg, it's been great having you here on this podcast, Seat Yourself. Really appreciate you coming on today and uh, talking about the industry and uh, giving us your points of view. Thanks for having me. And again, uh, for our listeners, just reach out if there's anything that you'd like us to touch on. We'll be glad to do it. Cool. Thanks a lot, Greg Kirsch. Bon vivant, raconteur, and all-around adventurer. Thanks Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, please be sure to check out www.tabletopjournal.com.